Welcome to the Micah Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports Network. I'm Mike, here with Micah, and we have a special guest on today. Our good friend Keenan is on the line. So Keenan, introduce yourself, let everybody know uh, where you're coming from, who your favorite team is, and what we're doing today. What's up, y'all? My favorite team, of course, hometown Washington Redskins. And this overall draft is... Honestly, it was a great draft. Not nothing I expected from on certain picks. The Montez Sweat uh, pick didn't expect a trade up for him, but I like the pick. Didn't expect it, but it's it's a good pick. Yeah. So basically, we're going to be talking about this is a Redskins specific pod again. We're going to be talking about what the Redskins did in the draft that happened over uh, the weekend, Thursday through Saturday. We're going to break down each one by one pick uh, from round one to round seven and grade those picks. And then also talk if this affects the Red, uh, Redskins playoffs chances for next season, if we're now more enthusiastic about uh, the season ahead. But, Mike, I want to go to you first. And Keenan just talked about it. But overall, how did you feel about this draft pick, uh, this draft that the Redskins had? What were your initial thoughts once uh, the first and second round came in? And by seventh round, were they still the same or did they did they change? So my thing, my big thing about the Redskins draft, it, like this is the most complete and probably the um, the best draft they had in consideration of like getting everything they needed, which was clear need. Outside of possibly getting some more DB depth, possibly helping out that secondary, uh, we answered our they the front office like they did everything they needed to do. They got guys they needed to get. They filled positions. Uh, we got a franchise quarterback. As a steal, basically, he fell to us at 15, which is, I mean, that right there is a steal, probably one of the biggest Big steals steal. in the draft. Like, we basically just outworked the Giants for him. We finessed the Giants into getting the guy that we were probably least likely linked to. Uh, a little bit of reverse psychology type stuff. But, yes, trading up to get Montez Sweat late first round. I mean, that's great. Overall, getting guys late. Bryce Love, I mean, you may, excuse me, we may have a lot of running backs, but having a former Heisman runner-up isn't a bad either. Uh Getting interior lineman, Kevin Harmon from the sixth round. I mean, he was projected to be a, a third, fourth round kind of guy. Like that's that's big. So I'm really happy the direction we went to this draft, and I'm excited to see how these guys play out. Yeah, uh, I, going into the draft, I I've never been really confident in what the Redskins front office uh, usually can do. Over the past two years, I do have to give them credit. Bruce Allen has been able to get. Very nice picks in Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. And we've seen that they've worked out very well. I also like the addition of picking up Tim Settle last year in the third or fourth round pick. He didn't play too much um, mm-hmm. last year, but I think his role is going to increase this year. And we'll see that as another good pick. But I still that it's always still looming over my head that the Redskins are going to Redskins. And that was what I was expecting in this draft. We had seen mm-hmm. reports from different ESPN people saying that uh, Dan Snyder has taken over the first round. He's going to trade up. He wants Dwayne Haskins by any means necessary. And that started to worry me because, yeah, we need a quarterback bad, but we also need so many other positions that if we're willing to risk our future on just one player, we've seen what it can do for you with RG3, where we got him, gave up first-round picks, and then we were stuck for the next couple of years because we had given those picks to the Rams, who now, they went to the Super Bowl last year because of potentially first-round picks that we had given them. So I I was very scared going into the draft. Coming out of the draft, I'm I'm very happy. I was Mike and I were talking before this uh, before the podcast started. It is the best draft that I think we've seen in our lifetime as a Redskins fan. Like absolutely, from, from absolutely. top to top to bottom, there were there's not really a pick that I'm just like I completely hate it. I can rationalize almost every single pick, and I think that's what makes a really 
good draft for um for your organization. But with that, we're yeah. gonna start. We're gonna start going uh through each and every pick and analyze that pick uh, specifically. So, Keenan, I want to start with you with round one, pick fifteen. Dwayne Haskins, who was a top ten, top five projected uh, player throughout the draft for the whole season, falls to the number fifteen pick uh, with the Washington Redskins, and they scoop him up. What were your thoughts on this pick? When I first heard about uh, the Dwayne Haskins, I was watching live. It was at work, watching live. Uh, going through the draft, especially in the combine, starting in the combine, I never really thought he would have because he's a high talent, a very talented player. I never thought the Giants would even select Daniel Jones over him. But Dave Gettleman <laughs> obviously <laughs> has made some <laughs> obviously made some skeptical decisions throughout this entire offseason. So I guess that's one of his skeptical ones that he decided to take Daniel Jones. And that was just a, that's a steal, a blessing. I could not believe it when we got Dwayne Haskins. And he's a great, he's a great pick. Great pick. Hometown kid. But what a lot of critics are saying, only thing that I could see is probably wrong because he is a hometown kid. He gets friends here. First round pick. There's going to be some distractions. You know, he's going to be a superstar, you know, title game as a player, as a quarterback. You know, all expectations around him. And he's our age. He's 20, 21 years old. Imagine having all that, you know what I'm saying, in an instant. You know what I'm saying? World press in your hometown. That's a lot. That's another reason why they didn't draft Stephon Diggs. Redskins, from what I heard from um, – Yeah. From um, – from reports, they said that uh, yeah. he wasn't going to be able to handle being in Maryland and trying it, to exactly, yeah. exactly. So they said the best thing for him to be get away from the area so he can be more focused and would be on more distractions. Which is so when they got this pick, I was shocked. I said, "Oh, okay, a hometown kid." Shocking, but and all in all, I love the pick. Great, great pick, great pick. What we need, franchise quarterback. Not, you know, he's. Really can sling it, honestly. He just can sling it, strong arm, accuracy is on point. He can put the ball really where you want it, read defense as well. This is a great pick. He just got an offense. We're going to see where this goes. Yeah, honestly, bro, you highlight everything that I'm thinking. Uh, the Giants not taking him at six is ridiculous. Get him it's at, crazy, uh, bro. It's crazy. You've been making a lot of moves that kind of like, – you're not playing in this decade, like the moves he's making. But, I mean, that's besides the point, bro. And one year at Ohio State – over 4,800 passing yards, 50 touchdowns, bro, 50 touchdowns in the season. He shattered Drew Brees' exactly. passing records. He shattered any other passing records in the Big Ten off of just one year starting as a sophomore. But that's like, also he what probably could have. Yeah. That, that he one... probably could have done this last year had mm-hmm. uh, JT Barrett not given that starting spot. Um, you know, this is just – it's a perfect – I think it's a match made in heaven. You made a great point about, you know, the, the evils of being at home and, you know, the devil on the shoulder type mm-hmm. thing. You're real close. He went to bullets. I mean, he's kind of he kind of knows the star, but he didn't go to Maryland. Exactly. Like, he committed at first. I think that's a big thing to kind of look at. Like, yeah, he all he did say, you know, I've been Ohio State guy since I've been six, but he committed to Maryland. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think that you know, there's not a lot of downside to this if he downside. I think there's a big exactly. upside. We got a franchise quarterback for a steal. Honestly, we didn't have to necessarily sacrifice giving up. Uh, trading up or getting really giving up any assets. So I think that's a A plus decision, an A plus pick. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you there, Micah. I <clears throat> I'm not as high as everybody in Redskins Nation on this pick. I know we had our pre draft pod, Micah, and I said that I didn't want the Redskins to draft uh, a quarterback in the first round just because I thought we had bigger needs and we had enough quarterbacks on our team that I didn't feel that we were going to be competitive competitive enough with the players that we had around with our quarterback to try to make the playoffs. So I was like, with us getting, 
it was looking like it was either between Daniel Jones or Drew Locke. I was like, it's just not exactly. worth it. With mm-hmm. uh, Dwayne Haskins, it's a little bit different just because I think that he has that ability to be a 10-plus year starter in the NFL. He's a great passer. Everybody's been talking about his mobility, but I've, I've been watching tape ever since we drafted him, like really watching tape. He's mobile when well, he needs to be. He's mobile when Nobody he needs, needs to be. be. Exactly. He's not, he's, he doesn't have cement feet. He's going to be able to go ahead and uh, run bootlegs for Jay Gruden. He's going to be able to maneuver in and out of the pocket. The pass that uh, – we'll get to this pick, obviously, but the pass to uh, Terry McCullen that he had against um, TCU, he escaped uh, two uh, defenders before he threw that touchdown. So ran in all around him. Yeah, exactly. Was, so That was a great play. For, so for them to say that Dwayne Haskins doesn't really want – is not mobile, I think that's kind of inaccurate, inaccurate. For me, this is a pick for the future, so I don't want to see Dwayne Haskins starting week one. I don't want to see him even in the week 10 of the season, whether we're in the playoffs or not. I think he needs to sit for one full year behind Case Keenum and Colt McCoy. He would really allow Case Keenum and Colt McCoy to try. Ah, okay. Yeah. Because it's, like yeah. it's like a Mahomes situation no, where no, yeah. you, expose him, you expose him too early – and, you know, not necessarily down to his talent or anything, but if you expose him too early and he gets a little shell-shocked or it's just – it's kind of forced, it's not the ideal situation. And, and no, no, I, now, I definitely see what y'all saying with this. I definitely see it. But Case Keenum bouncing from team to team. Colt McCoy is a solid. He's solid. And only reason Case Keenum has success is because Stephon Diggs did and he had a defense around him. He had everything around him that he needed to succeed. Right yeah. now, the receivers that we have, you, he doesn't have, or I don't think no one on our team is either good, is twice as good as Stephon Diggs or Steelers. Yeah, and and that's exactly why not, I don't want Dwayne Haskins as the quarterback, right? Starting as the quarterback right tool. now. I I, I I see what you mean. But Kumakoy, I wouldn't be mad if Kumakoy started. He's been here I, for years. He knows the offense, ins and outs. If he did not get hurt, and in my opinion, if he didn't get hurt at, in that Dallas game, we would have went to playoffs with Kumakoy. I honestly believe that. Because yeah. he still had a running game. He knows the offense. He can still throw the ball. So we had to go in and go on a streak. Sanchez, Josh Johnson. I mean, it's like we had no other option. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. But with the way that the Redskins schedule starts, if you put a quarterback in a situation where Dwayne Haskins starts week one, there's a chance we start off the season one and four, oh and five potentially. That's not good for Dwayne Haskins. That's not good for Redskins Nation. That's not good for anybody involved. If he's able to go in 0 and 5, we can do the Browns model. I, I could do a compromise with the Browns model where Tyrod Taylor started throughout um, the beginning of the, the first, season. Yeah, but first saw, five games. We saw that he wasn't cutting it and he needed to come out. Baker Mayfield went and tore it up, but Baker Mayfield had went through all of summer as the backup. He had seen how an NFL game works for five weeks now, and he was able to come in and make plays. But to just throw Dwayne Haskins into the fire, I think, would be the worst possible move. Uh, the worst possible move for him. Patrick Mahomes sat a year. He came out and he was guns a blazing. We saw Aaron Rodgers do the same thing. Even Lamar Jackson. Exactly. Yeah, he, he sat last, sat half the year. But the quarterbacks that started last year, <clears throat> Josh Rosen, he got traded from the Arizona Cardinals because they didn't think that within a year. With, within a year, Josh uh, Sam Darnold by week four by week four or five, everybody was questioning, "Whoa, how how good is he going to be?" Josh Allen, he's he was running for his life the whole season, so. I think there's for Dwayne Haskins if he can sit for a couple, just a couple of weeks or maybe even the whole year. I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be great for him. It's been for, a for the future. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, with that first round pick, we're going to move on to Montez Sweat, who the Redskins traded back into the first round. Tra- uh, they traded their uh, second round pick and next year's second round pick 
for Montez Sweat. So, Mike, I'll start with you here. What did you think about this pick? I love the pick. I mean, you drafted an instant starter, a guy who was probably projected top 15, top 10. You got him at 26. You had to trade up, but, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, Nakama, he ran a 4-4-1, like, vertical jump 36 inches, bro. Like, his three cones, seven seconds, 20-yard, 4-2. Now I'm looking at the combine results, but on the field, he's a monster too. Like, it's not just he's not just a combine freak. He was all SEC, like, first team. This guy, I mean, Hey, I just threw me off. All right, hold on. All right, so yeah, uh, all uh, all SEC kind of guy, um, all American, second team All American. It's you know it shows on the film why. I mean, we needed an edge rusher. This is a big need and a big fill. He starts right away. Uh, this is a guy you can start week one. Um, I'm excited to see him with the other D linemen, and that front seven is going to be disgusting. So I'm really excited to see that. But I think it's a perfect way to end the first round. Keenan. Yeah, this pick it's it, it's a great pick. I love the pick. It just shocked me because the the in my opinion the receiver need is extremely important. It's greater, especially it's 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 greater than the Montez Sweat uh, pick. So but wait, 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 who would you have taken in the first round? Like Nikhil Harry, Harry or Nikhil Hollywood Harry, Brown? Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. I wouldn't have done that. Only reason, only reason I say Nikhil Harry. Ah. Uh, it's skeptical because Nikhil Harry, he can go anywhere. You can put him in a slot outside. He's versatile. Which are like he's a complete he's the complete receiver in the draft, the most complete receiver in the draft, in my opinion. Six three. He can get it done. And we need a number one receiver Josh Dawson isn't cutting it. At all or I hear you, but I think I think one of the biggest reasons why they did this is because I mean, if you're looking at the needs of a lot of teams, they need the edge rushers. Clement Farrell, the fact that he got drafted four and you saw Montez Sweat drop this low. It's mm-hmm. like if you don't trade up for him, you're just letting that drop. And somebody else is going to get him. A playoff team is going to get him now. Exactly. And probably the last couple of picks. So mm-hmm. it's like you take the bad for the good. Not the bad for the good per se, but you take what you see. And if you go trade up for a guy like this, mm-hmm. you got to make it happen. You know, this is a need. It's a great pick. It just For me, it just – like, like You thought you said, they were going to go another direction. Exactly. Like you said, every pick that we did is just great. It's a perfect fit. Every, every pick It's just not what I – Personally, wanted. I, I, I was going to go there. I thought I personally wanted because, mm. yeah, like, when I heard of it, the the wrestling trading in the first round, are you like they trade the first round? I said, it has to be receiving. Nikhil Harry has to be, has to be. Like that, that my mind was focused on Nikhil Harry the entire time. But I heard Montez Sweat. I'm like, I'm like, well, okay. I'm like, it's good. It's a great pick. I mean, you got a guy mm. speed off the edge, matched out around and and the t- in the front with the Alabama boys. How can you stop that? Like that's gonna, especially if they can stay yeah. healthy. It's nasty. Like it's a nasty front seven. It's gonna be ridiculous this season with these guys. Yeah. Um. For for me, I like this pick a hundred percent. Uh, Montez Sweat was a projected top ten pick. Uh, the situation with his heart. Uh, that's what made him drop. People said that his enlarged heart was a problem. Houston Rock. Uh, Houston Texans came out and said that the people that said that the people that had said it. He, they misdiagnosed him. The Redskins medical team came out and also said that he was misdiagnosed with an enlarged heart. So he's perfectly fine. Mm. He was a top 10 projected pick. I wanted the Redskins to take him at 15. I didn't think they were going to be able to get him at 15. That's why I wanted Brian Burns from Florida yeah, State exactly. because I thought that was going to be the next best option. So for us to get somebody that was supposed to be a top 10 pick and now we get him at 26 by giving up our second round pick, mm. 
And next year's second round pick, I, I think it's a total wash. And I think that Montez Sweat was – that's what made the first round for me. With Dwayne Haskins, I would have been – yeah, I would have been excited. Mm. It would have been nice. But Montez Sweat takes it to the next level. I don't really agree with the getting a wide receiver part just because there's there were so many wide receivers in this draft, and we'll get to it, that we'll be able to produce at a level that I think would be comparable or similar to going up in the first round to get a Nikhil Harry. Like, Nikhil Harry isn't somebody that we say is a, is a game changer that's going to immediately go ahead and you're going to be like, oh, He's the best receiver on the field. He's not going to be an Odell Beckham. And I think an if Odell you're training up for somebody. But it is, yes. Or not even an Odell, not even an Odell but just a, a, a receiver that is going to be like a, a day one starter. And like a day one starter, you know, he's just, he's going to dominate the league and third down. You, it's just, I don't, I don't see that with any, any will, uh, wide receiver in this draft. With Hollywood Brown, I think that's the closest to it just because I think his speed is unmatched. But besides that, I think every other wide receiver was pretty close. And by the by, where Nikhil Harry went as the last pick in the first round, it shows how like a lot of teams really did feel about him because he had a lot of chances mm-hmm. to go in um in earlier in the first round. So I thought that going edge rusher, replacing Preston Smith, uh, with Montez Sweat, who is a true speed guy and is going to beat a lot of tackles around the edge. I think that that was uh, a perfect pick. But the Redskins did know that wide receiver was a big uh, issue, Keenan, and we went uh, to the third round since we did not have a second-round pick. We traded for Montez Sweat. We got Terry McCollum, wide receiver from Ohio State. What were your thoughts on that pick, um, Yeah, McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is a – just because a Ohio State receiver and Dwayne Haskins just developed a relationship with him, and that's the guy. You know, like the first year Dwayne Haskins went, <clears throat> he's the guy that stepped up. He was a team captain, so you know he has leadership. He's a great kid, great character. He's going like he just, especially with Dwayne Haskins, they have a relationship. You know, they have, well, I think uh, um, Terry Long had about 700 yards, 11 touchdowns out of all the 50. So they have a connection, especially, and then, you know, like he going to Paris Campbell, Johnny Dixon, uh, Benjamin Victor, all the other receivers. But this is a, it's a pretty good pickup. I like the pickup. I do like the pickup. He's a solid receiver, 4 3 guy. Combine just just looks really good. Combine looked really good. Senior Bowl, watching the Senior Bowl, won almost every one on one rep. Special team, great special teams guy. So he can he can move a new around the field. Special team side outside, this guy can do it, and I like this pick. I really do. I respect it. But my whole thing is with this receiver act of this draft. It just the picks we got, great, perfectly fine with. But I'm just saying what we could have got maybe in the second round. You know what I'm saying? If we stayed in the second round because. It was a lot of receivers swept right through the second round. Michael? Yeah, so I part agree that I'm, you know, I'm fine with this pick. I mean, the Dwayne Haskins connection, the fact that he was, albeit probably the lead receiver, um, probably not necessarily any statistical category, but from a leadership role, probably the most well-rounded receiver Ohio State had. But what's crazy is, I would have felt like this was reaching on draft day. I felt like uh, this was kind of a reach at the time because it was a third round. I felt like you probably you probably could have got that in the fourth round. And I thought a guy like Kevin Harmon, who got in the sixth round, was probably going to be that third round pick because I figured eventually, before Saturday ends, we're probably going to go the receiver out. I mean, excuse me, so Friday ends, we're probably going to go the receiver out. So why not do and get that guy right there? He was a you know a big ball hogging kind of guy, went up, made a lot of plays in North Carolina State. The pick is not bad. He'll fill a lot of roles on the team. He could probably sub in for some return duties if need be. He's a good gunner. Um, show exceptional speed at the combine, stuff like that. I just 
you know, for the receivers, I was probably available. It probably wasn't necessarily the top pick, but with the connection we just have now with Dwayne Haskins, I feel like it's an appropriate pick. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I feel like you could have waited to the fourth round to probably get him, but I'm not mad with this at all. I don't feel like it's necessarily a reach looking at it now. Yeah, who would y'all um, – quick question. Who would y'all rather have it as receiver uh, out of this draft? The, the, a guy that will probably just fit right in and can produce. For me, uh, who, who I wanted from the draft was Hakeem Butler coming out of draft. I, I don't like all the receivers. I, yeah, I thought Hakeem Butler was going to was going to would probably fit in like just best slotting into into the Redskins. I I didn't to be honest, I didn't know anything about Terry McCl- uh, McLaurin. I had, I like I'd heard of his name just from like watching Ohio State, but I hadn't watched any of his film. I hadn't heard any real like draft analysts talk about him like that. So I mean, I was kind of confused with the pick, but then I started doing research about it. And then I listened to Jay Gruden's interview about uh, him also. And Jay Gruden said that he was their number one player on their special teams board also. Mm. So with that, that means he's he's going to be on kickoff. He's going to be on kick return. He's going, he's going to be doing everything, punt, gunner. He's going to be a lot of things for the Redskins. Like you said, Keenan, Keenan, his leadership skills, that is definitely something you need on the offense. Somebody to work with Dwayne Haskins, the Ohio state connection. It was a, it's a good pick. I, I think it, it'll work out. Um, you guys are the receivers, so you know more of the ins and outs of how exactly he's going to fit into the scheme of the Redskins. I think he'll be uh, all right there. But I wasn't, like, too crazy about this pick, but I do believe it's a solid pick because he's a great special teams guy. And if you're getting the number one player in any position, like, on your board uh, from your board, you get to draft him, I think it's, uh, it's probably a good What about you, Michael? Oh, uh, I mean, I probably would have, honestly, I would have liked to see like a second round, maybe like a trade up or a situation where we kept a second round and probably try to get one of the guys left. Um, Nikhil Harry automatically comes to mind. I, he was my favorite receiver coming out, a guy like a King Butler. And I, I, you know, I did say earlier that like in the third round, I would have figured a guy like Kevin Harmon, Kelvin Harmon would have probably fallen to us. I mean, he's a big threat, uh, red zone. Not necessarily the fastest guy, but. It's not necessarily needed when you're that height, that weight, you can make those plays. So probably would have seen something like that. It's crazy because, like we said, we got Kelvin Harmon, Kelvin Harmon late. So I'm not necessarily mad at it anymore. But if anything, I would have liked uh, a bigger target receiver, a guy who's usually using the red zone to kind of go up for passes. We have a lot of speed guys already that are under six foot. McLaurin is six foot, so it's not necessarily bad. And he does have a connection. And he was, as Mike said, uh, our special team's number one guy on our draft board. So that's good. Um He'll be a good gunner, and he'll be a good, like, rotational receiver, but he's not going to break the bank. Yeah, for me, the um, receiver, the receiver aspect, the guys that I wanted, I was looking at the whole time was Nikhil Harry and Debo Samuel. Only reason because Nikhil Harry, like I said, in my opinion, is the most complete receiver mm-hmm. guy. Put him anywhere he can ball out. Debo, because we have – my guy, I guess we don't have many speed guys. Um, the fast guy on our team only is just Paul Richardson. That's it. That's all. Like a guy that can stretch the field. That's it. Josh Dox is a jump ball red zone guy who hasn't produced. Um, Trey Quinn, slot receiver. Michael Floyd, another big guy. Um, of course, we have we got Trey McBride. Don't know too much about him. Uh, Brian Quick just reassigned. And, and then um, we have Cam. Yeah, Cam. 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 Michael Floyd about six two, six three. Josh Doxson, six two. So you get we have the guys that have the height, but we don't all, we don't have the speed. 
And I think Debo, Debo Samuel, he's a guy to do after the catch, take the top off. And he was a special team guy. He had a punt, um, a block the punt, a score the touchdown, um, catching touchdowns, making big plays. Like, he's a big play guy. So I would have loved to see Debo in the Redskins. I was a little hurt. I'd rather see him slip away from me. Yeah, I mean, I, with that, I, I don't know. For me, I just, I just, I value edge rushers a lot more than I value wide receivers. So if I'm going to, if I'm going to see it and say, well, do I stick with my second round pick and get potentially a Debo Samuel, or do I go ahead and give up a second round pick to get an edge rusher? I think from at least where the Redskins were thinking and where I probably would think, I would go and just get the edge rusher mm-hmm. there. And I think they, they saw that they had, there was a lot of, there's a lot of pretty decent wide receivers in the draft that maybe they think that they can develop, which I have no clue that they can do because we did go with the big receiver, uh, with getting a receiver early with Josh Doxson, and we saw we've seen how exactly. that that has worked he out. Has so flashes. I guess maybe always has splashes. It's just yeah. never. It's just like yes, it's yeah. not. It's not consistent. Anymore. Never, never. But at the same time, it, I, I, me personally, I don't think Alex Smith. Alex Smith had this call. Alex Smith is a checkdown guy. That's why they call him checkdown Alex. He's not a. Uh, he doesn't take shots or take risks. Which, all in all, it helped us, you know, as a team. Just not our receivers, you know, with the production and all the big plays. Because now you see um, in Dwayne Haskins. Maybe Dwayne Haskins can give Josh Doxson, you know, a chance to, to, re, to rename himself. Because he will take that shot. I, I don't think so. I mean, he'll take the shot. And Doxson is a just ball Josh guy. He, Dox- can, he can bag Doxson has, I'm, like, I'm, Doxson has gotten – he's had – he's had. Alex Smith hasn't been Doxson's only, uh, only quarterback. I don't – He's had Kirk Cousins. Exactly. Like, and he made plays with Kirk Cousins, not as much as you would like him to. It's not consistent, though. Yeah, he, he's not consistent. He's never been He's never been a consistent mm. receiver in, like, in the NFL. I don't – like, if I'm – his fifth-year option is coming up uh, this year. I don't think the Redskins are going to pick it up. So, I don't no. think that he's been – he's uh, so, I don't think he's been good enough to – for the Redskins, for them to go ahead and be like, well, we nailed one wide receiver draft pick. I think they saw that. Look, let's get with surefire bets in these first couple of rounds, and then from the third to seventh round, you can go ahead and that's where you start taking players. You're like, oh, we can, we can work. We can try and develop him. And I think that's what they're doing now with the wide receivers because mm. they don't have the ability to go ahead and create great like wide receivers. Like If this was like the Steelers organization, they can get a wide receiver and turn him. Antonio Brown, Juju. Like We see that they were able to turn wide receivers into something. But the Redskins, what they've been able to do so well is – D line exactly. Jonathan Allen, Darren Payne, Matt Ioannidis. Uh, now they have Montez Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan. They know that they can definitely get D line players, and they know they know where to go with that. But with wide receiver, it's been all over the place. Um, the only receivers that they've been able to get are free agent receivers that approve themselves with Pierre Garcon and Deshaun Jackson. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I I think for this with spe- with special teams, I think that's a big thing for me with Terry. Um, besides that, we'll see where he's able to move forward, but. Moving on, we're going to go to the fourth round pick, uh, pick number 10. Uh, the fourth round pick number 10, 112 overall. Bryce Love running back out of Stanford. Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this pick. So we discussed it a little bit earlier. Um, I'm not necessarily mad at this. And I probably would have went mm, a different route. I did state the receiver. Right? But I feel like uh, you could have probably waited one more round and got something in the third round. Um, I'd be maybe a different receiver or anything else, really. Um with Bryce Love, the biggest thing is his health. Uh, obviously, he can reduce. He was a Heisman finalist. He absolutely rocked his junior year. But his senior year, it was a little bit of drop of production. And maybe it was because lingering injuries or something like that. But it is something to note that this guy was a Heisman candidate. 
you know, he's supposed to take over for his senior year and be the Heisman. And, it, you know, it didn't really necessarily work out. Um, he played behind Christian McCaffrey. I, if he does get healthy, I expect him to take that role. Where on the offense right now, because we already have three starter, uh, excuse me, starter caliber running backs that we're going to do a system where it's like power backs and receiving backs. I mean, I guess he's behind Chris Thompson, but unless you're barring injuries or you're expecting a lot of injuries, again, having him doesn't necessarily help us right now. I mean, maybe he's a returner or something like that, but he's not even necessarily going to be healthy. Uh, not Definitely not right away because that, you know, the ACL has to get healthy. So maybe looking for a long run if you're not expecting for these guys to come back, some of the veteran guys, that he's stepping fine, but Right now, I don't necessarily see the need to do it. I guess it's just uh, best player available kind of thing, a player we're interested in. Maybe we get them all running and get them healthy, and we'll see what we can do. Ken? Yeah. Um, the Bryce Love pick, I was, in my, I was in the car with my brother, and he screamed for joy. Because it's like, like you like said, he was a Heisman finalist last year. If he came out last year, it would have been a second, third, maybe a first-round pick. He's a fast guy. Like, his speed is tremendous. It was sad to see him. What happened this senior year, have his ACL injuries and all these lingering injuries that's keeping him from doing what, he, what we know he can do. But um, as far as the pick goes and our needs, didn't think we need a running back at all because we got you know, AP, Geis, um, Chris Thompson. But, um, I, I mean, it's a good pick. I mean, it gives us more depth. But – at the same time, I understand. I kind of understand because Chris Thompson, every year I think I see him, he's hurt. I mean, like, like, the first man. 10 games, balls out, done for the season after that. Then you got um, guys who, who just recently got hurt. So you know, you know they're going to be questions with him because his first first game of his career preseason ever, twenties he had done for the year. AP, he's old. You know what I'm saying? He's getting up there in age, so you know he's going to be lingering. And he has in, like, a lot of big injuries in the past. So it's understandable why they got it. I would have probably waited maybe until a little later in the draft to pick up a back. But the kind of guy we got him, he's a great player. I mean, especially compared to last season, he could have went second, third, maybe even first. And to get him in the fourth, that's a steal. That's a definite steal. Like Mike said, I can see him in a returning aspect, returning game. But other than that, he his first year might not see a lot of playing time unless people get hurt. But yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's in my opinion, it's, it's a relevant pick. But it's 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 a it's a sexy pick. I'll say that it's a sexy pick. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and that's that's where I'm going with it. With Bryce Love, um, like you said, we have we have Adrian Peterson, who is old and two years max, he's going to be gone. Darius uh, guys did not play last year because of ACL injury. Um, we don't know what exactly we're going to see for him. A lot of people, he slipped out because of character issues. As we've seen uh, um, him as a Redskin, he is amazing. He loves the fans. He interacts with them. He is a perfect player. But we haven't seen him on the field yet, so he's very he's very iffy. We don't know where we're, where we're going to get there. Chris Thompson, like you said, Keenan, he's always getting hurt. And then you have Samadji P, P, P. Ryan and Fat Rob. Both of those players, they're not good. They're not good running backs at all. So Bryce Love, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, if Darius Geist doesn't work out, then we have somebody that also was a potential first round pick now that got injured and we have him there uh we have him there backing him up. If Bryce Love just somehow shows in camp that he is still that first round type of quarterback uh running back, then we have Darius Geist, somebody that we thought could also be another first round running back, and we have a two running back system where we saw 
Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. We can have a Darius Geis and Bryce Love type of deal there. We have uh, Chris Thompson if he's healthy. That's that's a good rotation. You can't have too many backs. Like you said, I would have gone a lot of different places before I went this. Deontay Thompson, I remember yes, seeing it. He yes, was still, yes, yes, he was yes, still yes. available in the fourth round with that Bryce Love pick. I thought that Deontay Thompson was going to be um, – a Redskin. I thought he was at safety because we definitely need help. And so with that, oh, let me add on. I'm sorry, let me add on to that. Uh, yeah, no, that yeah, pick, go ahead. Um, safe, the safety aspect of the fourth round, I most definitely thought Deontay Thompson, Jaquan Johnson. Um, there are guys available for safety positions. Monte Nagelson's a he's, he's a pretty good safety. We've seen some concern off the field uh, issues with him, but he's a pretty good safety. But we could we could use people. I'm saying we could we, definitely. Use we need people. we need we need a, we need people saying, there. And adding another another Alabama player is gonna just bring a unity to them and just get them you know pumped up and going. Like getting your old college people people with your college is gonna help. Like it's gonna help so much. So yeah. when they pass up on them, I'm like, wow, how how could you pass? And for and for a position that you don't really necessarily exactly need. that's what I'm saying Immediate, like immediately and then we also have many backs behind. We have Byron Marshall, Capri Bibbs, Samaje P Ryan. Yeah. So like, and then oh, and then Jay Gruden kind of contradicted himself. He's talking about yeah P Ryan. I feel like because it was one game P Ryan had almost over 100 yards rushing. Yeah. So you got him in the backfield. You have a lot of options in the backfield. To add one more is going to cause you know what I'm saying. There, there will the be an influx. It's, it's still it's it's still it's still pretty it's still pretty high pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash him because there is that possibility that especially with the fourth through seventh round pick, you have to go ahead and take best players that you best player available. And I think with them, they took the best player available just on the off chance that that Heisman number one uh, that number one type of running back and he's rushing for two thousand plus yards. He's doing great things in the NFL. Then hey, his pick will look. Great. If he doesn't, by all means, if, if it doesn't look, if he doesn't turn to that, and his AC just has too many injuries, it was a fourth round pick anyway. So with that, I I think it's just like it's an okay pick. Uh, with the next two picks, I'm going to group them together because they're both basically the same. Round four, pick twenty nine, they went West Martin guard from Indiana. Round five, pick fifteen, they went uh, Ross Piersbacher, uh, center from Alabama. With this, I'm going to start here because O-line, I love watching O-line. I love watching uh, O-line tape there. So with Wes Martin, guard from Indiana, I looked him up, and he he was a mauler. Uh, I think this is who's going to be starting at left guard when the season starts. I think from what I saw with his pass protection and his run blocking, he has all the abilities to go and slot in right uh, right there immediately on the O-line. He has Trent Williams right beside him to teach him. He has one of the best guards in the NFL and Brandon Sheriff that's going to be able to take him under his wing. And I think that's going to be real fun to have somebody that has played so many games because he played a lot of games for Indiana and didn't really uh, give up too many sacks, was great in run blocking, has great feet and can pull. I think that's a great pick. With Ross Piersbacher, I think he's going to be our uh, for the, our interior lineman. He's going to be our tie Nikesi. From last year, who when Trent Williams or Morgan Moses went down, you would slide him right in, and he wouldn't miss a beat. And I think if he can develop into that player for the interior alignment, and we don't have to now st- start signing offensive guards off the street, that's going to be great for the Red Seams just to get a lot of depth there in your uh, offensive line. But Michael, what did you think of these uh, these two picks? Yeah, so going to um, 
excuse me, going to West Martin at first. Uh, looking at the picks, I wasn't necessarily up to them. I don't. I'll say this: I don't necessarily pay a lot of attention from the forefront to interior alignment or alignment in general. Um, looking into it a little more, looking at what he did, looking at some draft, I guess preview kind of things and there's like player bios and stuff like that. He was a solid player at Indiana. Um, I will say this: Big Ten old linemen and usually old linemen at bigger schools like Indiana that typically run the ball a lot. You see a lot of pro sets and stuff like that. They do make their way into solid interior linemen or just linemen in general. So in saying this, I'm not mad at the pick. We did need interior linemen. We needed linemen in general to just step up. It's good that we have a little bit of options. Um, going into Pierce Bacher, um, one thing that stood out, of course, that he plays in the ACC, excuse me, the SEC, yeah, so Ross Pierbacher plays in the SEC. He's from Alabama. I'm looking at something. So I'm looking at Twitter. I follow Pro Football Focus, right? Um, local media retweets a graphic, and this graphic says that Pierce Bacher allowed just six sacks on 1,840 career pass blocking snaps. Now, if you know who plays in the SEC, there's a lot of dominant D linemen, a lot of dogs out there. The fact that mm-hmm. that's out there, Pro Football Focus retweeted it, analytics, gurus, and the fact that they're highlighting this, I feel like it's basically showing that there's a chance that he could become a tier kind of two, three, or excuse me, a tier kind of two uh, interior lineman. Whatever he's going to have to play, wherever he fits in, I'm sure he has the dynamics and um, just the ability to be able to change what he's playing depending on what they need him to. And I feel like if he applies what he can do, which, I mean, that right, that graphic I said alone, it just amazes me. If he can really live up to that and, you know, his potential, I feel like it's a steal and it's two great picks. Um, you get a guy that could supp- uh, supplement a O-line and you get a guy that could possibly stand out. So I'm not mad at either pick. Keenan? Yeah, with these picks, um, yeah, I'm not an O-line guru or nothing like that, but from what I've seen and the tape I've seen, it's they're good pickups. We need depth. We need a lot. We need depth. Yeah, that was that, um, that was the biggest problem from last year. We had to sign Austin Howard from from literally off, off of his couch, and he had to start playing for the Redskins the next week. It's you definitely with with it's not off, an ideal situation with offensive linemen. You can't have too many, and yeah. picking up two in this uh, in the fourth and fifth round, two guys that you know that are going to make the team. Because if you would have waited to seventh round, these are guys that you're now talking about fringe players who aren't really great error players that you are like, okay, I know for a fact that he's going to make uh, this team, but getting guys that have played multiple seasons uh, for Ross Piersbacher, he has played left guard, center and right guard. So he's very versatile on the interior there. Uh, Wes Martin has played uh, left guard and right guard uh, himself too. So players that can definitely move to different positions and execute there. I thought it was important, uh, important there. With the fifth and I'll go fifth round, we had Cole Holcomb, linebacker from North Carolina. Uh, any thoughts on any thoughts on this player? Yeah, so wasn't too familiar with him at first, but looking into it, looking at some of his uh, like pre-draft strengths and stuff like that, and looking at how they graded him, um, they say he's a really athletic guy, and I'm seeing that he forced a lot of fumbles. Uh, he was top ten in forcing fumbles uh, this year, so that's pretty good. To look at he had four forced fumbles. Um, He's a person, he's, I mean, this guy, he's led the team in tackles, led UNC in tackles before. He's been a rangy kind of guy. His stats, I mean, he had three pass, excuse me, three pass breakups and 11 starts in 2017, uh, four pass breakups last year. So this is a guy that can move, wreck some havoc, play, 
Um, I think he's a good mid-draft kind of pick, uh, a person that can play sideline to sideline, a good linebacker. Now, do we necessarily need linebacker uh, depth? I mean, you can always get more guys, but you in the draft, you want to get guys that could possibly make a difference. I feel like they possibly could have gotten another way or look into, you know, look into if you were going to go the linebacker route, maybe you take him in four or maybe you take him at three or something like that. Get him at five. Um, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Um, you know, I, it is what it is. I like the pick. It's not bad. I just – you could have possibly went another way with it. Yeah. Keenan? It's a good pick. I mean, we need uh, we need linebackers, in my opinion. Uh, well, at least that. Because right now I see Mason Foster, Ruben Foster. Those are guys. Sean Dion Hamilton. Yeah, Sean Dion Hamilton. So, yeah. we get we, we got some guys, but that's three. You know what I'm saying? So, we, we, can, we can always use more. And we need somebody to – he's a, he's, he's a speed guy. I was sort of in a four four eight combine, eleven foot broad jump. So he's uh, made about one hundred four tackles, eight for loss and a sack at the season. So he's he's a fast linebacker, and compared to me, a possible replacement to Zach Brown had that speed guy, speed back, speed linebacker to always get to the uh, ball, always making four tackles, backups. I like the pick; it's good. Anything that can help our defense, our front seven, like it's. It helps our DBs. I'll say that. It really does help our DBs. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, Cole Holcomb, I didn't know anything anything about him at all. Um, from North Carolina, he, he's, he's fast. Um, with I, – I don't really – I thought that, again, I wanted us to – I need we need safety and secondary help. Mm. I thought this was another time that we could go ahead and get somebody to fill in for safety or that cornerback position. But instead, we went linebacker. We have Mason Foster. We have Ruben Foster. We have Sean Dion, uh, Sean Dion Hamilton there. I guess he helps in the passing game because Mason Foster cannot cover a thing. So, so hmm. I think it's certain, hmm. in obvious pass situations, we can maybe slot him in there. But, again, yeah, certain packages. Not exactly. So, I don't hate this pick. I don't really hate this pick. But, again, I, I would have rather have gone safety or cornerback there. Uh, moving on to – a round six pick, we went uh, with Kelvin Harmon, wide receiver out of North Carolina State. Michael, you talked about him that you wanted you wanted the Redskins to pick him up. You thought he was going to be there in the third round, and with one of the Redskins picks to pick him up. What did you think about Kelvin uh, getting Kelvin Harmon in the sixth round? Yeah, so I think honestly, it's one of the steals of the draft, and he he translates his college game to the pro game, which I think he will pretty well. Uh, I think it's honestly a, probably one of the biggest steals of the draft. Uh, this is a guy who, off the bat, if you're looking at him, he reminds you a little bit, and uh, maybe me, of Des Bryant. Um, you know, not necessarily the tallest guy. He's 6'2", which I think that's about what Des Bryant was, probably like 6'1", 6'2", 220 pounds, uh, not the fastest guy. You're not really going to expect a lot from him. Uh, he plays vertical. He has a 32-and-a-half uh, vertical jump. Broad jump kind of guy. Um, not necessarily a slow person. He has a lot of football speed. But if you just look at the tape, bro, he made so many plays. There were so many plays being made. His junior year, he was all ACC selection. Uh, almost 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns, 81 catches, 12 starts. I mean, he torched, he torched Clemson for 155. I mean, he was putting up game after game. He can block, which is a big thing. He's a physical kind of guy, which is – 
why I think he's kind of like Des Bryant. Um, maybe not necessarily the raw skill that Des Bryant had coming out of Oklahoma State, but he's a guy that could possibly get there with a lot of uh, a lot of tutelage and a lot of just training. Um, it's a little concerning that he did drop that low. You know, I mean, like I said, I figured he would probably be like a third or fourth round kind of guy, and I figured a lot of people would expect that. So the fact that teams kind of just let him fall is a little it's a little scary, but honestly, I feel like, if anything, that's just adding more fuel to the fire on his end. And if he can come in and maybe down the line, not necessarily this year, but possibly next year, compete for a starting role or if injuries riddle the team, which we've seen it before, if he can step in and make a lot of big plays, He's probably the guy that will go for it. Like, he'd possibly be a starter going forward. So I'm not mad at this. I love this. And I think it's probably one of the steals of the draft going forward in the next three or four years. Yeah, this is uh, most definitely a steal. Guy, back to back, 1,000 yards, 17 to 18 season. He's a monster. Like you said, like, and I, I was shocked myself to see him slip that far. Went to six to the sixth round. You know, when once uh, the season was done last season, he was a projected second round, third round guy. So to see him drop that low is shocking to say the least, but it's a good pickup, and I know it's going to add some fire under his butt to move and just get motivated. Because I'm telling you, this guy, can he, he's a baller. Like you said, he can like, ball, bro. Like you said, not a fast dude. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to see him burn, burn the top off. He is a vertical threat a red zone threret and something that Redskins need a successor of a successor of Josh Doxon. Okay, Josh Doxon doesn't work out. This guy, he's gonna give Doxon definitely a run for his money on the outside. Cause this guy like like I like, like keep saying he's not fast. He can get it. He can get it there. He's yeah, when he's a possession guy. He's a big body. Difference between him and Josh Doxon. Josh Doxon is six about two ten or like two oh five. He's not big, he's not thick. He doesn't he can't take a lot of punishment. This guy can take some punishment over the middle. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Takes some hits, great catches. He's still strong. You talking about DK Metcalf? He almost maybe almost as big as DK, but just not as fast. But he has. He's a big dude, big guy. I love. I love this pick. Yeah, uh, when I was listening to uh, the ESPN broadcast, they said that a lot of wide receivers wait for the ball, but Calvert Hardman attacks the ball. He goes and gets the ball. And I think that's very important for the Redskins, uh, Redskins need. I have a quick question for you guys. Between Kelvin Harmon and Terry, uh, Terry McLaurin, which wide receiver do you think has the ability to start quicker? Right now, I would say Terry because he's, <clears throat> he's picked first. Yeah, like if lots of the 10, you're going to see these guys come in. The guys who get picked first, they'll have the most opportunity to start first. And produces. And he has Dwayne Hafner as his quarterback, which is – like we said, that chemistry they have together is going to be something serious when it gets to the league. So I would say take me along, but my only issue is where? <laughs> because the way the Redskins run their offense, what I've seen, they have they want a jump ball, big guy, I would guess it's a Z, and the speed guy is the X in the slot. So the X is Paul Richardson. In my opinion, he has a job locked up. Injuries preventing him, but he's gonna he's gonna produce. Like honestly, he's gonna produce. So he'll come in maybe in packages. People get hurt. But with Josh Doxson, I think actually, I'm have to take that back. Kevin Harmon might be able to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. Now that I'm talking, now that I hear myself, yeah, Kevin Harmon's definitely probably gonna start. Yeah, so you kind of explained it how exactly I was about to explain it for the yeah. other way. So you you were perfectly right about the X, Z, and the slot. 
Usually mm-hmm. the X guy, even back in the Deshaun Jackson days, it was Deshaun Jackson, as I just yeah. said before. Like he would take the top off the defense. You would put a, a tight end to a side on the near side of the, of, of the field, get some goal routes going, some option routes going. Basically highlight or solo that side. Mm-hmm. On the field side, you would have a bigger guy, not necessarily a slower guy, but a more possession kind of guy. Uh, I think Pierre Garçon sure right catch. off the bat. Sure even, going, even going back farther, um, kind of like Brandon Lloyd and Santana Moss for like a couple of years they played together. Somebody that you can throw to on the front side, even though Brandon Lloyd didn't pan out. So let's not use that. Um, just going back, I think Kevin Harmon has the chance to start first. Um, I don't think Toxin is answered. I don't think he makes it out of this season. If you have a guy like uh, Terry McLaurin, who is your top special teams guy, I figure he's going to be more used as a special team threat than anything. Gunner reps and stuff like that. If you're playing receiver – for three downs or two downs on some sets, and then you have to go run gunner, you're not going to be able to do that correctly. Um, I feel like he's going to be more of a special team-oriented guy. It doesn't mean he won't see the field, but I feel like if you're just going by straight receiver status, Calvin Harmon is the guy who you're going to want to replace Josh Johnson. Trey Quinn has a slot locked up. I firmly believe that. I feel like locked he up. is the steal from last draft, being Mr. Irrelevant. He's the steal from last draft and that he's going to absolutely just produce and just kill the game. So. I think Kevin, Kelvin Harmon has a perfect chance to start. You could possibly see him starting by, like, week 10 or 11, depending on how the season goes and how fed up they are of Josh Jackson by then. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was kind of shocked. <clears throat> I didn't see, to be honest, some cut Josh Jackson this season because it's, you know, all the receiver needs that they've been talking about for so long. But Like in the preseason they, or something like that? As I'm saying, yeah, but they, they, they I, me personally, I think they like him. They, they see something in Josh Jackson. It's Jay Gruden, bro. It's the saying, like, effect. He, he locks in on the receiver, bro, and he just tries to keep going with this guy. Like, I get it. He likes his guys, but we saw Ryan Grant. Yeah, Ryan Grant's good and all, but there was talk of him before if they, you know, we got him back in free agency that mm-hmm. he was going to start. He's not a starting receiver by any means. He's not a Z. He's definitely not an X. <clears throat> no. Um, he's a guy who can come in, fill in the bigger slot kind of roles on, like, three receiver sets. He's not a spread concept kind of guy. I just don't – I see kind of the similarities between him and Terry McLaurin. It's kind of like the six-foot, 200-land kind of receiver that can do everything else on the field. But mm-hmm. asking them to make 60 catches in a season is probably not going to happen. I don't see – but with uh, Ryan Grant, he wasn't a speed guy. He went 4-6 in that 4 Yeah, so that's also the difference. Exactly. And Terry McLaurin, 4-3 guy, speed. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the only reason I like to pick because – I see, like, one-on-ones, as you can see, it's not real. So, I can't, like, mm-hmm. I, no more, I, I no more judge, you know, how receivers are on one-on-ones. I mean, of course, they, they, if they can win, they can win. You know what I'm saying? That that can always be a factor. But in a game-time yeah. situation, you know what I'm saying? Like, Josh Doxon, every one-on-one rep I see, he's making plays. Get, gives us hope. <laughs> it's like, it's it, like Terrell Pryor during the uh, – Yeah, Terrell Pryor. You know, he made, training he camp that one year where he looked like he was about to be an all pro receiver, but we saw what happened when he put him in against the defense. He's a quarterback turn receiver, and it was clear. That's what I'm saying. So it's just like you can't, I can't speak for the one on ones. It looks good in training camp, but we got to see what happens out there on that field. Yeah. Uh, like Josh Dawson is literally a practice player when I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think uh, that that is a good comparison there. That's going to be interesting to see which wide receiver is going to be able to get. Oh, going to be able to get a spot there. Uh, in the seventh round, I'm going to group these both together. Uh, we have Jimmy Moreland, DB from James Madison, and then Jordan Brailford, uh, Edge from Oklahoma State. Michael, what were your thoughts on these two picks? 
So I'll start with Jordan Brelford first. Um, this is a guy came from the Big 12, Oklahoma State, an edge rusher. So, I mean, we did need edge rusher depth. So he possibly plays behind Ryan Kerrigan or like a third to any other edge rushers we have. Um, you know, him being 6'3", 250, that's average to good size for an edge rusher. Um, I would particularly think that he's a little bit of a longer type player, but with length comes this kind of like scenario where you might get pushed off balance depending on if you're like a little awkward of a player. Um, I feel like I can't be mad at this. It's the seventh round. I mean, you could have possibly taken the best player off, but like we do need edge rusher death. I'm not necessarily mad at this at all. Um, it's just like I, I guess kind of with everything I'm kind of looking at or I feel like you could have possibly went somewhere different, but can't necessarily be mad. You know, uh, going to Jimmy Moreland, James Madison, DB, uh, CAA guy. So, I mean, shout out to everybody we know that plays CAA uh, because I feel like it's a lot of players. Um, this is a person that was, I mean, he was a demon at James Madison as DB, one uh, AA. You take it for what it is, he might not, and I don't think he has the reps going against D1 receivers, which is going to see plus league receivers every day. But it's probably a person that's going to be a camp body turned into a practice squad DB. But the problem is you wasted a seven-round pick on somebody that's not going to possibly make your 53 every week. So is it a wasted pick? A little bit. Is it a bad pick going forward? I wouldn't say no. I mean, he did play in a senior bowl game. He did produce. I mean, obviously he's a draftable prospect. But if you're not going to make the 53 going forward every week, What's the point? You feel me? So I'm not necessarily mad at either pick. It's just like you could hone in and get something that we absolutely need or like a steal or something that fits in time. I think of Trey Quinn last year or somebody that if we develop him correctly, he's going to be an impact player this year. Yeah, from what I see with these picks, um, don't don't know too much about Jordan Brailford, but what I've heard, he's getting in. He he led – I think he he led the uh, Big 12 in uh, sacks last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Based off that, that's <laughs> depth. I'm saying like depth. It it only helps our cause. It, it can't hurt to add on more more depth. It can never hurt at all. Especially as far as we know, people who are, who are kind of like injury prone. And with the Jimmy, um, what's his name? Moreland. Moreland pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Jimmy Moreland pick. He's a when I see him on tape, 18 career picks. That's good. <laughs> at any level. So. Oh yeah. Any level, five nine, so kind of short, one seventy nine. Like you said, Mike, I can see him as a practice player kind of guy. A guy who will probably uh, be on the skirts of the fifty three man roster to make it. But um, as a D, as a corner, and not necessarily, not necessarily a DB, but as a corner pick, we don't need it. I mean, in my well, in my in my opinion, that over pick for that first seventh round pick. We don't mm-hmm. need if you go yes. corner, you need to go like, higher. If you're going to be in general, you need to go higher. That's what I'm saying. We have um, Norman, Dunbar, Fabian. Now, I don't know if y'all remember, really, newly signed, Dominic Rodgers-Cromartie. Yeah. Um, Danny Johnson, Greg Stroman, Adonis Alexander. Adonis Alexander, yeah. Yeah. Adonis, yeah. yeah. And those three guys were balling in the preseason. Those guys balled out. And they, they could earn a starting – I honestly think they could earn a starting spot. So that's seven DBs. Solid. I'm saying like these guys are solid. They ain't no scrubs. These guys are actually solid. And Danny Johnson was undrafted for different last season. You know what I'm saying? So without all those studs that you see, seven, you got seven kind of solid corners. 
Uh, I mean, I don't uh, know. About, at least would have went for a safety or something. I, I don't know about solid corners there. I think that they well, not they solid, could, but they, they're good. They're, they're good enough. They're, yeah, they're they're good enough to to do do a decent job. The, but the, that's what you have with the seventh round pick. The seventh round pick is a I I would consider it, uh, basically uh, almost a almost way round. This is a player that you're taking that. If he turns out to what you be, you look like a genius. If he doesn't, nobody remembers because he came from the seventh round. Trey yeah, Quinn, exactly. we got him in the seventh round. Uh, we got him Mr. Relevant. Mr. Relevant. He got him last year. And if he had stayed healthy, he was going to be able to produce for us. He's definitely going to produce for us next year. So if they go ahead and somehow they're able to get Moreland to produce and be a rotational player, that's great. If not, mm-hmm. we didn't – I don't think we really lost any sleep over it. But if you wanted a game-changer starting – Cornerback, you have to get him in the first two rounds, and we didn't get him there. Yeah, but yeah, and, go ahead, uh, get him. Oh yeah, and me personally for that, um, the seventh round pick, you know, um, we don't have a a, a pure slot, you know, that can back up Trey Quinn because you no know, Trey Quinn double injuries last year. So just in case he went down, why not draft a, a slot receiver in the seventh, um, seventh round? You know, Greg Dortch out of um, Wake Forest went undrafted to the Jets yesterday, so. I'm saying that that's a guy I would definitely pick up, you know, to see out of the slot, a Crowder successor, you know what I'm saying, doing something out of the slot, return points. That's a guy you can actually use. You know what I'm saying? That's a guy you can actually use, especially for exactly. We we need, you know, depth everywhere. So Trey Quinn goes down as, you know, he might because he's he's, you know, he's he he's hasn't like, shown to be healthy yet, so that's what I'm saying. Like he hasn't proven to be, you know, healthy, the healthiest dude. He had about like maybe about two, three injuries that Kept them out at certain points. Yeah, so back back to back. <clears throat> so it wouldn't hurt. Try to find a solid receiver. You know, Anthony Radliff Williams from North Carolina could have went there. So it's it's a couple guys we, we most definitely could have got. Uh, Dylan Mitchell. I don't know. If, I don't know if, I don't know if he was picked up yet. I know he's got in the seventh round, but he went to the Vikings. Dylan Mitchell, Oregon receiver, number thirteen, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like we we, we could we we could have gotten. A little better with those, you know what I'm saying, death round, death picks. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. There, are, there's definitely, I definitely think there are a lot of positions that the Redskins still need, and we still definitely need to bolster. But overall, again, we said that this this was a pretty, uh, pretty good draft. Before we leave quickly, because uh, we're kind of running long here, do, did this draft change your expectations going into next season? I know for us, Michael, we said that this was probably a six and ten, seven and nine season. I don't know where you were thinking about where you thought the Redskins were going uh, once free agency ended with uh, with like getting Landon Collins and all these players. But do you see the Redskins moving up to a nine and seven, ten and six type of team, or are we still in the same spot that we were pre-draft? Yeah, bro. So we talked about it a little bit earlier with some of the Redskins centric pods, bro. I was thinking end game, like I was like, all right, this is the last year of Gruden. We're gonna move forward. Let's you know build development this draft. Let's get rid of the old system. Let's bring in something new. Then next year we possibly take like a quarterback or something like that. Well, with the picks we made this year, it looks like we're still trying to hang on from the fact that we were one of the top teams, if not the top team in the NFC. For a period, possibly like two weeks, we had the top ranked or one of the top ranked defenses. Um, you know, we were really balling and it was really defensive led. Uh, I think bolstering the offense, what it does, it gives Jay Gruden one more chance to kind of prove if he can do this thing. If not, then I see they go in another direction. I don't necessarily like getting a new quarterback when a coach is on – especially when he's an offensive-minded coach because it's just like if it goes bad and he spends this one year 
in the system. We kind of saw it with Josh Rosen. If you waste your rookie year in the system and they throw you into the fire because a coach, excuse me, a desperate coach is going to do whatever he can do to keep his job. So if they throw Haskins in and he's not ready or, I mean, he just doesn't necessarily believe in what he's doing because he feels like he's being thrown in there, then we just have a wasted opportunity. So going in, I mean, looking at all of this, it's probably more or less much of the same, maybe going into like nine and seven. But if we play this scenario out where Haskins doesn't necessarily start, it only starts half the time, we're probably going to end up in the even or average range, again, going from seven and nine to nine and seven. Maybe you tend to six it, and maybe you win a division at like an 11 to five. But I don't see them going into the 12 round because that's where a lot of elite teams come in. Not saying they can't do it, but I think they're a year or two away from really honing in what they're trying to do and really developing the players that they got and possibly the best draft to be that way. So at max, a 10-win season. At worst, 7-9. and nine. I, don't see they, I don't see them dropping the 6-10 and 10 now with the picks they made. Yeah, I completely agree with you. The depth we got, the star quarterback we got, it just, it just all depends on how they, how they approach it. Yeah, in my opinion, all depends on how, you know, I, I remember DJ Swainer saying last season they were lazy in practice. They didn't, they didn't work hard enough. You know what I'm saying? If they, if they can change the culture, you know, get a hard-working, you know what I'm saying, offense, hard-working team as a whole, you know what I'm saying, we could possibly, you know what I'm saying, get to that 12, 12 victory, you know, stage. You know what I'm saying, 11, 11 and 5, you know. But, um, yeah, I think it's it'll be an okay season. It's it's it's, it's really hard to predict now because you never know what's gonna happen. You can't, you mm-hmm. never know. Cause you know that a lot of time, Redskins fans, we predict stuff, you know, greatness, and we get the worst. Nice <laughs> curse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a curse. So I try not to speak on it too much. But I do have a question for you guys. All right, <clears throat> I know you say you want um him to sit. Dwayne has to sit for a year. How how are you how are you gonna act when Alex Smith comes back? Alex Smith well, is done in my mind. Well, if he does, I don't think Alex Smith is ever playing football he, again, bro. If he if he decides, to no, come, I'm he, like if he actually decides to come back, he's still he's sitting he's sitting on the bench. He's sitting on the bench because okay. because he wouldn't be coming back this year. He'll be coming back next year. That's next year, a hundred percent, Dwayne Haskins will be playing. Whether he he plays this year or not, we know in mm-hmm. 2020, Dwayne Haskins will be our quarterback, and he will be sitting right behind him, just like Joe Flacco was with Lamar Jackson. And just helping him develop throughout in that role, he can be our nice, solid, probably the best backup quarterback in the NFL. But Alex Smith will never be the starting quarterback for the Redskins again. You know, we actually this season, like dog, we we led this, we led, we were leading the division last season with, with Alex Smith before the injury, six and four, and somehow, some way, <laughs> injuries kicked dog behind, right, and we dropped to the bottom. So is the only thing I'm thinking of about is, you know, if these injuries, you know what I'm saying, we can contain these injuries, keep everybody healthy. You know what I'm saying? Alex Smith is not – as a backup, I would love to have him as a backup. Like you exactly. said, the best, the best backup. 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 <laughs> it would probably be the best backup in the league. But I, I do yeah, want to see it's... a story. I kind of want to see a story where Alex Smith to see if he can come back. And, like, just in case, Dwayne Haskins, like, say, because 19 to 10, in my opinion, on the Redskins, they're going to start him. They're going to start Dwayne Haskins this season. On the contrary to my what we want to see, you know what I'm saying, with uh, Cole McCoy, Case Keenum starting, you know, a c- first couple of games, I can definitely see Jay Gruden putting Dwayne Haskins out there from the preseason week one all the way to week 17 the regular season. I can definitely see that happen. No, That's no. That's more I, likely I, to happen, in my opinion. No, 
But Jay Gruden, no, Jay Gruden, in before the draft, he said when they were talking about quarterbacks in their interview, he said that uh, Dwayne Haskins needs out of all like the top quarterbacks, he said he needs the most work, he needs the most time to develop. He said Drew Locke can go and start and go and try and start for uh, a starting position immediately when he comes in. But he said since Dwayne Haskins only played one year, that he doesn't believe that Dwayne Haskins is. Uh, re- would be ready to start week one. So I think Jay Gruden would want, especially since he wants to save his job, he would want a Case Keenum or a Colt McCoy, and somebody Cam, that he knows Cam that, that has played. played. Yeah, but Cam, Juco. Yeah, yeah, he he played he played Juco. He played he, Juco then went to Auburn. But Cam Newton was a little bit different than uh, than Dwayne Haskins, where I think everybody knew that Cam Newton was going to be a great quarterback in the league. Jay Gruden doesn't have time to develop a quarterback. He just doesn't. He has one year max. If the Red Teams don't have a winning record this year, he's gone. So for him, he thinks that. And you I'm, think Case Keenum. Case Keenum and, and Colt McCoy, Colt give McCoy him a, will get them that win. Give him a much better shot this year than Dwayne Haskins. 100%. I 100%. We're going to see. We're going to see about that. Because the way they've been looking, especially Case Keenum, he's not bad. He just, with the type of guys we have. Receivers around. I don't think he'll be able to produce. Yeah, but how is well. Dwayne Haskins going to be able to produce? Produce in like what about Dwayne Haskins going to be going to be able to make him produce much better than Case Keenum and Colt McCoy right now? Uh, yeah, that's up for debate. That's most definitely up for debate, and it just we're, we're going to see. the 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 only way that Dwayne Haskins starts Week One is if Dan Snyder comes in and tells Dre Gruden, "Look." This is not happening when I'm having a question, when I'm having a conversation about this. We drafted this guy. We're starting him. But if Jay Gruden has his way, there it's going to be either Case Keenum or it's either going to be Colt McCoy starting Week One because they fit better in the system. And Dwayne Haskins, to a lot of a lot of GMs in the league, still think that Dwayne Haskins is, is a very very raw, uh, very very raw quarterback. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he, he, yeah, he did play for one year. You got a point there, Bridges. I don't know, maybe it's the fan side of me coming out wanting to see him play immediately. It's probably the fans. Yeah, I yeah, I think I think when we when we looked at it, especially like some of those some of those games, the Michigan game, uh the Purdue game, and so, he had big moments when he came back against Penn State, but we also saw games where and, and games uh, the game against Maryland also back at home. Yeah. He, back at he home where he was struggled. in where he, he where he looked where he looked amazing, but then he also had games where he was like I mean, he didn't really really look that good of a quarterback there. So him watching just a couple of games, watching a couple of weeks develop, or maybe even a year, I think would be best case scenario, uh, best case scenario there. But I think we're running long now, and that's that's probably going to wrap up this podcast. I'm quickly going to talk about, I think uh, the Redskins are going to be a little bit better now than I expected. I thought this was going to be a terrible season. I'm mm-hmm. not going up to eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe, maybe compete for a wild card spot. I don't know about the uh, NFC East. I still think the Eagles and the Cowboys are still better overall teams. Uh, mm-hmm. than the Redskins. But for Micah, for Mike, and for Keenan, we'll see you back for another Redskins pod coming back soon. I think this, this was a lot of fun. I think we should do another Redskins uh, Redskins pod before the season starts, definitely. And then I know Mike and I will, will definitely get our regular uh, episode out this week, too. But again, thanks for listening to our, to our Redskins pod. We'll see you guys for our regular episode on Wednesday dropping. Peace.